Hellboy always works alone, except with Abe Sapien and mm-hmm. Selma Blair and Myers. Um, his Myers, dad, his dad, his dad. Whole, all the, the other agents that we constantly see. <laughs> Clay, yeah. the Russian Clay. team. Yeah, exactly. That, but that he dead, always works alone. That dead guy that tells him where Rasputin is. <laughs> that he brings back uh, the invisible woman from the Fantastic Four is there. Hey guys, I'm Milan, and welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. And this is David, and today I finally watched Hellboy. And today we have a special guest, Matthew Dawson. Hi, Matthew. Hey guys, I'm Matthew Dawson, and I have seen Hellboy. (laughs) So, Matthew, uh, it's actually an interesting reason why we have you on as a guest, not just because... You make an awesome guest, and you have your own podcast. Um, but you also recently produced, edited, and put out a awesome audio drama. Yes, I did. Uh, Justice League Mortal, uh, the canceled George Miller film from the late two thousands. I took the script and. Uh, Adapted it, rearranged it, made it fit into an audio drama format, casted it. We got our Justice League. Alon plays the villain, Maxwell Lord. He is fantastic. Uh, So fans of this show should definitely check it out if you want to hear Alon be evil uh, or the normal. It's, uh, It's just a really interesting study to me, seeing a movie that never came out get its fruition because... I think especially at this point in time where we are with like superhero movies and the genre in DC, it's, uh, it's interesting to see kind of an alternate universe where this would have came out and, and how like this, I believe it would have came out in 2009 and it would have beat like the Avengers by three years. And it's like, man, if this came out and this started a DC universe, how different would it be? So I I wanted to make it and it was kind of an experiment to see if people would love it or hate it. And I'm pleased to say that a lot of people love it. Yeah, no, I mean, so when I first saw your, your audition ad on Twitter about it, I was like, okay, I have to, I'm, I'm a huge DC fan. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have to try try out but then i was like before i send in my audition i'm gonna like do a little bit of research on it and the leaps and bounds that this film took to just never get made is kind of amazing (laughs) yeah um and and then to think like george miller like mad max george miller to do this and and then reading like not only the script from i i guess like the production script but like drafts before it became finalized um the things that they were hoping to get away with kind of amazes me Mm -hmm. i was like you you it's it's like some of it would have been like oh really cool and then some of it would have just ruined certain superheroes for for everyone (laughs) yeah it's i mean it's interesting because there are a few different versions of the script there's one with like a whole scene on uh wonder woman's island themiscira and stuff but the one i took is kind of the 
most prevalent one, I'd say. And there are a lot of scenes where uh, there's one scene where like Superman's talking to Batman and he's like, where's this thing? And Batman goes, I don't know. And then Superman just goes like, tell me. And Batman goes, I don't know. And he just like, that's the kind of back and forth for a while. And I'm like, they weren't done with this. Like that there's supposed to be more there. And they were like, yeah. we'll, we'll do it later. But that's also yeah. kind of the interesting thing about it because I think it works still. So, so um, I am curious on yeah. how much is it like when you found the script, how much is it you and how much is the script? The only things that I change, I change nothing story wise. The only mm-hmm. thing I would change is, um, formatting like, as you know, you've seen the script before it says like interior bat cave night. I changed it to have the narrator say back in the bat cave. That's basically right, right, right. all I touch. I had to retype the entire thing, which took <laughs> way too long. Not fun process, but um, I've been there and I wrote a post credit scene. That is the only scene in the entire thing that I wrote and directed and everything myself. So, so, and it, it was a great post credit scene. Um, <laughs> Thanks. And, and I, we won't give any spoilers about what it, what yeah, it was or anything. Nope. But listen. Uh, but but yeah, but listen, no, but I'm sure I mean, you, you know, listening to it, it just sounds like you put a lot of work into it. And and for people who are fans of DC and audio dramas, this is like really it's just really cool just to listen to like your favorite heroes in this like environment that you never, never heard them in before. So, mm-hmm. yeah, thanks. Um, yeah. Thank so you. Before before we absolutely <laughs> bore david to tears look at him in there in the corner if you just um, if you just sent me the link like i asked <laughs> um we'll talk about hellboy now and and yeah. i think hellboy is kind of like the perfect thing to talk about with you in um in intro and then kind of uh promoting justice league mortal because not only are both like comic book um graphic novel ish you know sort of things adaptations but um it has kind of a same tone too like yeah, that it, 2000s um, superhero tone before the mc yeah, takeover you know well because when i was listening to mortal i wasn't really imagining a live action version in my head i was imagining like the justice league animated version oh interesting in my head that's that's how i listened to it mm-hmm. and, and kind of processed it and you know hellboy say what you will but it's it comes off very cartoonish which i'm glad because if if it came off like it took itself seriously but it knows what it was you know what i mean and i felt like the the tones were the same there too so yeah david what did you think what was your overall like thing the first time watching it i think i would have enjoyed it a lot more if i'd watched it when it came out um i have like some this movie is definitely like a made in the early 2000s movie. But like having said that, I did, as it was going on, enjoy it more and more. Um, you know, but. And then the ending happened, which I want to talk about when we get to. But like overall, like I liked it. I liked it probably about what I thought I would. I just think like and we're going to start getting into it. But I think like story wise, a lot of it felt like stretched out more like it like the story is actually fairly compact right like we have a prologue hellboy <laughs> has a relationship with this woman he like gets her out of the psych ward 
Rasputin comes back. Rasputin tricks him into going to Russia. The ending. You know what I mean? Like there's like <laughs> it's a very compact story, but somehow it's stretched into a two hour movie. And mm-hmm. I think it yeah. I think it either needed to complicate the story a little bit more, add a little bit more to it, and I can talk about that going as we go through, or um just make it like a ninety hour and forty minute movie. Um but having said all that, like I, I did like it. Uh Ron Perlman is obviously great in the in his role. Um and, but it is it's just such an early 2000s movie like the feel of it is like <laughs> so distinct with all like the other you know movies we've done from that from that era do you agree with that matthew um the only thing i would disagree with is the uh the decision that you want to complicate the story more because this scene or this movie opens with Nazis summoning a portal to hell from space to bring out a little red monkey. And <laughs> it, it, but then, but I think it that, also that demonstrates, yeah, yeah, that's never been done before in every movie ever. Am I right? It's just, that's uh, <laughs> but then I think it also demonstrates Guillermo del Toro's strengths in that he can have a scene like that, but then yeah. also have a scene where, Hellboy is on this rooftop kind of like jealously stalking a date of his, you know, and, but it humanizes everything. I think that's as a director, his biggest strength is taking the outlandish, the outworldly and bringing it down to earth. So I, I personally don't have a problem with the runtime. I like simplicity, dumb movies, but I, I don't even think this is that, you know, well, yeah, I guess I, I, my, the point I was making is like we don't, mm-hmm. you know, we don't even see Ron Perlman until like twenty five minutes into the movie. So the like the Nazi prologue, it's a long intro. Mm-hmm. It's just it continues to go, and that's like I, I don't know. As I said, if I had watched it when it came out, I may have enjoyed it more. But it's like going into it now with all my like knowing about the movie, and you know, I've known about this movie for twenty years almost at this point, right? And so it's like I've seen clips and things in this. I'm like, when the fuck does Ron Perlman get into this movie? Like, when are we going to see he, him? What are you talking about? He showed up five minutes in as the little baby. Come on. Yeah, he was a little baby, too. <laughs> that was not five minutes in. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, I mean, you know, I, I, I enjoyed this movie a lot when it first came out. When I first saw it, I was like, this movie rocks. And then watching it again as I've become older and matured i i you know the faults of this movie are quite apparent especially in like the saturated market of so many superhero comic book movies that we have now um but the thing that bothered me the most in this entire film is fucking john myers i was like this white bread motherfucker is so bland and boring and i just was like is he really the focus? Like, why is he the focus? I just, I did not like his character. I think he's meant to be the everyman kind of guy. He's like the I, the audience placeholder. Matthew, yeah, I understand no. that. But like, a I slice get what of you're bread saying. Has has more, yeah. has more character oomph than than that dude. His purpose in the story is to be yelled at by Hellboy. That's why he's there. 
I just wish I just and you know David and I talked about this and David makes a good point about like have we ever seen that actor in anything else afterwards and the answer is no. And I don't think he's a bad actor. It's just he was not given a lot to do in this. Um, And then the stuff that he has to do, he's just not like a likable character. It's it would be fun if it was like oh, we were worried for him and Hellboy has to save him. And, you know, but I was just like looking at Selma Blair this entire time. And I was like, if if you don't go for the big red dude, then there's something wrong. with You <laughs> You should go back back to the psych ward if you settle with John Myers. OK, mm-hmm. I, th- I think if John Myers had been played by someone you recognized, you would have been like, oh, shit, it's that guy. You know what I mean? But you didn't know who this was. And you're just like, I hate his character. <laughs> Um, well, I, is this, is who, this, who uh, would make a better John, or who should replace? I can't remember the character's name. That's how bad it is. But uh, well, no, it was John. Who, Jonathan Myers is the character's name. There's John no Myers, that's right. Rupert Evans. That's how much. That's, that's how much you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know <laughs> was his name or the character's name. No, but who who would make a better John Myers? You cast anyone. Who's making it interesting? Well, Rupert Evans was what twenty four. He was at like twenty eight. So it's someone who was like twenty eight at around that time. I, I say Sebastian Stan. Was he even? I had I had never seen him at was that point in my life. Interesting. I don't know. I feel like he at least he has like some charming aspects to him that mm-hmm. that you could like follow along. I mean, I don't want to say Keanu Reeves, <laughs> but <laughs> Keanu oh, Reeves. There you go. There you go. I do also want to say that uh, Rupert Evans has acted quite a bit since then. Nothing I've seen. It looks like he might he might be British. Oh, seeing, no, a lot I mean, of, seeing a lot of... He is a British guy. Yeah, he's a British actor. Look at that. Well, so that, that accent was good, right? I did not know. I would never have no? guessed. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to replace him with Michael Sarah. I want to see him deliver <laughs> like Hellboy a bunch of pancakes. Stuff. You, you, I think that'd make you, this movie a lot better. You want to see Michael Sarah fake yawn and put his arm around yeah. Samuel Blair? <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's the plot of Scott Pilgrim versus the World already. So we're halfway. There. We're halfway there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, so and I think David has a good point in thinking like maybe the reason I don't like this character is because we spend so much time on John John before we even see Hellboy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then all the scenes that Hellboy is just kicking demon ass is awesome. I love it. I have no mm-hmm. problem with that. Um, uh, yeah, I, and- I was disagreeing with you at first about like when you said like it takes 25 minutes to get to Hellboy. And I'm like, that's not that's not right, is it? And then I look back and I'm like, yeah, it because it has that like it's a long prologue, that Nazi stuff. And then you <laughs> introduce um, white bread and then Hellboy shows up. And it's nearly half an hour into that's like almost a fourth of the way through the movie that the title character shows up. Uh, by the way, here are the people born in the same year as Rupert Evans that may have taken this part: Colin oh, here Farrell, we go. Ryan Reynolds, Benedict. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds would have been good. Benedict Cumberbatch, been good. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Killian Murphy, John Bernthal. Uh, yeah. So I think uh, Sean William Scott. You, Actually, Sean William Scott would have been Sean perfect. William Scott would have been awesome. <laughs> in this. He would have. He would have. No, but I think that just proves the point that any of those guys that you just named could just replace 
uh, well, yeah, and it's not the actor's fault, right? It's it's it is sort of a nothing part. He he's brought mm-hmm. in as like the guy that's supposed to take over John Hurt's position as like the father figure, and it's just like <laughs> right. what what are, what information have we been given? That's like I don't know. It's just he's not really given a whole lot to do. Yeah, so, I agree. But so I never saw the new Hellboy. I think when did that come out? Twenty seventeen. And so yeah, I want to say 2019. 2019? Yeah. So might be wrong. When, no, I think you're right. 2019. So after I finished this movie, since I was already on HBO Max, I decided to take the L and to watch it. Hey. And I was like, and I was like, comparingly, this is like Spielberg. Okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> comparingly, I'm like watching this and uh, the new one and i'm just like wow i didn't know hot garbage could be so hot and could be so garbage um and so <laughs> a, a lot to what you were saying uh david is that the the nazi part in the new one is very short is narrated and it gets to the to the main character hellboy very quickly but one interesting part of that is that you have the intro to the villain in the beginning of this movie not the hero mm-hmm. right not hellboy you have the intro to the villain and then about maybe 25 minutes later you have another uh flashback and that is the nazi stuff with the intro to hellboy and they're so close together and in that 25 minute gap or that 20 minute gap you have absolute like cgi crap fest <laughs> <laughs> I I don't understand how that movie got made, and I'll leave it at that. You know, you can kick me off the podcast right now, but that movie, guilty pleasure of mine. Oh. It, it's bad, but I, I'd watch it again. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, now I have to it's watch awful, it. though. but it's it, it's fun, awful to me. Well, yeah, David has to watch it. Watch it on your own time. We're not making an episode about it. Yeah, I don't know, please don't. Really- we can. Uh, one thing, so uh, I guess we can, you know, dividing this movie up, let's talk about the Nazi part in the beginning. Um, and one thing, you know, so a little bit of like the process of this is I usually, I'll just like take notes and kind of sometimes pretty detailed notes about like, not that I'm going to talk about everything, but just in case Alan will just ask me a question and I'll just happen to have it written <laughs> down. But when they start going through the mythology and like, the uh, seven gods of chaos. And that's the one thing I wrote down. I didn't really, all the rest of us like, I don't, none of this matters. Right. This is just like paranormal shit is going to happen in the movie. And here's a bunch of words to like, you know, this is our something with of that. Something with Cthulhu. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He does show up tentacles. in the end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, we got Rasputin who shows up, which I was like, oh, that's kind of, you know, like a real world tie in, something we all like know. And I do really love the actor who plays Rasputin. Um, he plays a lot of like Russian bad guy, Eastern European bad guy parts that I've seen him in. So um, and I also really appoint, uh, really appreciated um, the robot with knife hands, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a big he, fan uh, of knife hand he, robot legitimately scared me as a kid watching this well because he That's, doesn't seem like he's you. able to die yeah that did this um, come out autopsy in scene where he just like sits up or, yeah no yeah and, and like the you know 
Guillermo del Toro is kind of the perfect director for this because Hellboy, the way they did the makeup on Ron Perlman, I was going to make a joke saying, oh, for this for this movie, Ron Perlman had to take off all his makeup finally. Um, (laughs) But the (laughs) thanks, David. Uh, But the um, uh, makeup for this is so cool. It is so amazingly done, especially Abe, Abe Sapien is so well done. Of course, you know, Guillermo del Toro did Shape of Water later on. And, and it's the same, that character it's the same, did... same costume. Same costume, <laughs> right? It's not, but I, 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 that yeah, dude I eventually get gets caught. Abe gets caught by Michael Shannon and he fucks that lady who cleans his tank. Like that is what happens. <laughs> I think it's before. I think Shape of Water is Abe's backstory and then Hellboy oh, is afterward. You know what? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Cool chronologically you are probably right someone needs to ask del toro yeah that's incredible i like um, that theory the the makeup for the knife hands once um doctor the doctor takes all the crap off like all the dominatrix leather (laughs) off of his face uh how he like doesn't have eyelids and he cut off his lips that is so grotesque I was 12 mm-hmm. years old when this movie came out. Nightmares. Just nightmares. It kind of reminded yeah. me of Event Horizon. Like the, the how yeah. disgusting, like the parts of that that we saw when we talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, another part of Event Horizon that it reminded me of was when that light in the beginning gets sucked into that portal and we're in space and there's like a giant frozen creature. I was like, this is the other side of that Event Horizon portal. Mm. What well, also the, reminded uh, me of it reminded me yep. of Avengers. Oh, yeah, sky portals, first, man! Yeah, the first Avengers, and even when you go through it, it looked like kind of the similar things, like these, like the beasts that were coming in. And I was like, "That's mm-hmm. it very much looks like Avengers. the Chitari, the Chitari, the Chitar, the Cthulhu, Chitar. Cthulhu, uh, Chitari. There's a joke there somewhere. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> We're not making it today. <laughs> no, no. Someone will someone will figure it out for us. Comment uh tag me on Twitter if you figure out the Cthulhu Chitari joke. I can't make. <laughs> and if you can do a, a tie into Event Horizon, extra bonus points and, for you. Yeah, extra point for Event Horizon reference. There we go. Um I also uh getting back to it really loved Baby Hellboy, which we talked about a little bit earlier. But uh, I liked very cute, and then also loved the picture of him with everyone there, like the like the old army photo, like that part was yeah. awesome. Yeah, and how everyone just like, hey, this is a demon from hell, but we're adopting him, and we're all yeah. gonna be okay with it. Yep. Yeah, they got on board yeah. very quickly. Kind of like you, you look at this 2004 CGI, and it's not great but it's good for the time i thought right and you just excuse it in your head being like yeah it's not that bad i agree it, you, you then realize that this was like a 25 minute cold open because you then get the hellboy title sequence and like the montage of like he keeps escaping people keep seeing him the fbi keeps denying it and now we're in the present day i really like that. i have to say i like when I, comic I like book that movies have the comics as like canon like when logan did that when he's like uh why they're making comics about me and uh, the x-men and that's all that's all bullshit i like that they have that similar thing with hellboy here how it shows that they're like hellboy comics and he's kind of like this world's bigfoot in a way 
It's like right. a crappy cell phone quality photo of him and all that. I just like well, that when movies do that. I some of my favorite parts in this movie is with Jeffrey Tambor who plays uh Tom Manning. He's like the PR rep for like the paranormal sector, right? And he goes on late night shows and like the stuff he's like, "Why is Hellboy's footage always blurry? Answer me yeah. that, Jimmy." You know? Like and then he's just like and then once you know, uh David, I think you said that John is kind of supposed to be the replacement for Professor Broom. But towards the end of the movie, um, Manning kind of falls into the fatherly role for Hellboy. Manning does such an about face as a character in like 30 seconds that it's like shocking. <laughs> yeah. They beat Bondage Zombie and they're like, all right, we're cool, I guess. Like 30 seconds to... before that, they were fighting. There's he a got, scene. He got that other a... guy killed. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did. There's there's a scene in uh, this movie that has stuck in my brain for the 18 years it's been out or 19 oh, years man. it's been out. And the scene, it, it's like rent, rent free in my head. It's the scene where Manning stops Hellboy from lighting the cigar with the lighter and he goes, no, no, no matches it. It pre- it like preserves the taste. And so mm-hmm. when I when I uh, first smoked my first cigar, I used matches because I remember Manning saying because that's a Hellboy. Hellboy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm a big cigar guy, and every time I light one, I that yeah, I'm the same way. I think that exact same. It preserves the flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, what I like next in the movie is that Res- we see Rasputin die, and then present day, it's like, oh, Rasputin's back. <laughs> we brought him back very quickly. <laughs> um. Yeah. And then we the next the next big set piece we get and this is like such a such like an early 2000s way of doing things is like we just get kind of like a big monster scene in the beginning to like kind of set it up, you know what I mean? Like to show what Hellboy does, right? Like oh, you know, Tom Manning goes on TV and he's like this isn't real, this is all fake. And then we go to the Bureau of Paranormal, you know, development or whatever, research and development. And uh the next thing is he's got to go on a mission. And this mission does turn out to be like the basis for the rest of the movie. Um, but when you first watch it, you're like, oh, this just seems to be like a one-off. And then they kind of do a, a great job of connecting it. Um, mm-hmm. But it is just like this big set piece in this museum, which is like entertaining to watch. And that like the fighting is good. Although the the use of ropes when Samuel hits Hellboy, he just keeps flying through things over and over again in a way that defies physics is, is funny. <laughs> He hit him yeah. with his big hand. Same <laughs> it's the big hand. I like how they call him Red throughout. I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that instead of just saying Hellboy each time. Yeah, I, I, and about that first action scene, I, I like that as well too. That because I had the exact same thought of like, I like that this is like kind of the introduction of like, here's what Hellboy can do. He's got the big gun. He's got the big hand. But also with the, that monster uh, is the kind of basis, the Hydra that keeps coming back type of thing throughout the movie. Yeah. It's not a one-off scene. Because I think at this point, now that I'm realizing uh, um, how late in the movie this happens, it's still in like the first hour, but it's like you don't really have time for that at this point, you know, to have that early action unconsequential action sequence. Well, you got to get into it. 
Right. That's true. But here, here, here's an idea is uh, maybe start the movie off with a non-important scene that has mm. Hellboy in it to establish the paranormal and him and like the, the relationship that they all have. Um, you know, I mean, I, I like the way they did it. Cause then how else are you going to have like Tom Manning being the PR guy and being like that classic comedic time mm-hmm. where he's, there's no such thing as the paranormal FBI sector. Cut to the headquarters for the paranormal FBI sector, right? Yep. But Smash then again, um, if you think about how long the scene is too, it starts in the museum, but doesn't it go in like a train station and then the sewer and then the no. like it continues like, man, yeah. this uh, Hellboy's fighting this thing across town, you know? I, I did like the uh, when we are introduced to Myers right before that scene, though, he's like, you know, and uh, Hitler died in 58 and Myers is like, you mean 45? And he's like, oh, is that what you believe? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and so Hellboy meets Myers right before he goes to the, to the museum and he's like, I don't fucking need this guy. Like, and he's kind of in a fight with his dad at the time and we come to find out that John Hurt's dying. Um, and, you know, Hellboy does all this on his own. And so he gets his ass kicked by Samuel. Samuel escapes and then Myers tries to follow him to help. And Myers immediately is like about to die, not from a monster, but he gets hit by a car. Yeah, I love that. Right. Yeah. It, it, what's he say, Hellboy? Red means stop. And he just chucks that car and stops. I love those classic one-liners. And, you know, between this and Spider-Man 2, 2004 superhero movies were having a hell of a year with trains. I think they both have great train scenes, you know? That's true. Well, this That's... one goes back to that well a couple times, right? Because the he eventually kills yeah. one of the the Samuel with the tra- like they're in that train station for like 15 fucking minutes dude Did when he gets the under the train come out this year too because yeah that's a the Incredibles came out this year too they had another train scene he stops train at the beginning Big wow. we gotta we gotta draw up, we gotta drop the conspiracy chart like in always sunny with like <laughs> yeah. Charlie Day he's they're like all there's something that it's all they're all connected yeah um I love the use of Hellboy's horns and it's just like a, it's like a thing he is, he does, right? It's like, first you're like, don't stare at his horns. He shaves them down to try to fit in. Ah, good luck with that. Right. And then, um, they grow out at the end, kind of like fulfilling his, his purpose. Right. But his horns are used at this part where he is under the train and, um, I like the passenger, the random passenger who hits him. He's like, I'm on your side. He's like, as if, buddy. I love that. And then uh, <laughs> he hits him under the train. And then, the you know, the his nub horns are are uh, gliding across the bottom of the train. So when they come out, they're glowing hot. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that he files them down and all of that. And you see, like, he has, like, a metal grinder. He's just, like, casually... Yeah filing down his horns what's funny he's too is he, to look like us he <laughs> wanted to get on that on that subway and they hit him off and then so happened that the monster had jumped off too like if he had gotten on there the monster <laughs> would have just gotten away just left yeah that's true too that's true, that's true. Uh, so then we come to like the selma blair part of the movie correct she's in a psych hospital um and he goes to talk with her 
and basically we just kind of get i this is one thing where i'm like cut out 10 minutes of nazis and <laughs> ha- have a selma Bear- blair hellboy scene in the beginning where she can't control her stuff because clearly she was a part of this team fighting bad guys right even though they say hellboy always works alone but we have like no no real like in our heads we don't know why we haven't seen why she had to go to the psych hospital by herself hellboy always works alone except with abe sapien and Mm -hmm. selma blair and myers um his Myers, dad, his dad, his dad. Whole, all the other agents that we constantly see. <laughs> Clay, yeah. you know, the Russian Clay. team. Yeah, exactly. That, but that he dead, always works alone. That dead guy that tells him where Rasputin is. <laughs> he brings back uh, the woman from the Fantastic Four is there. Yeah, the whole time, Jessica Alba. The whole time. Um, just, very good performance. Uh, the other thing that's happening at this same time as he's talking to Selma Blair is Broom comes to the museum, or maybe he was already there, right? And then Abe is touching everything, and he's like, oh, let's have a full flashback to show you that Rasputin caused all of this, when we already know Rasputin caused all this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have to see more of the uh, Nazi woman. Ilsa. What's her face? Ilsa. Played by Bridget Hodson. Yeah, she's... Uh, uh, my lawyer is telling me to decline to comment on the Nazi woman. <laughs> I, have, I have nothing to say. Uh, positive nor... Ne- uh, negative. She's a Nazi. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> her, na- her name is Biddy Hodson. I thought you said I thought you said Bridget Hodson. Like, hot? I was like, that's a, that's a name. That's a choice. <laughs> Hodson. It is Bridget. It's Bridget Hodson. Oh, when I'm looking at... Oh, as Bridget Hodson. But yeah, she now goes by Biddy. Oh, I see that Bitty. now too. Yeah, Biddy, I like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bridget Hodson, and then she's hot. The the next part of this, you're not allowed to call the Nazi woman hot. But then oh. the next part of this, we get <laughs> we get that oh, this fucking Samuel thing has laid eggs and he can't die. And so, like, they imply that he's a Hydra, but we don't like they they like more and more imply that he's a Hydra as we go along, but. And then at the same time, uh, Rasputin visits Selma at the hospital. And I have no idea what this actually leads to. All it does is it like she blows up the hospital. But I thought like he like entranced her that so that she was going to go like do something that would cause Hellboy to do something that would hurt him. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I you know, th- that's not when I thought of it. I thought of it later on where the, he has her like naked under the cloth on the slab at the end. And he's like doing a ritualistic thing. I was like, oh, it would be kind of perfect, right? If Soma Blair was like needed as like the blood sacrifice for this Cthulhu thing. And that's not really what it, what she was there for. She was just there to like entice Hellboy to stick mm-hmm. his arm in the thing. Right. And paired with the psych ward where Rasputin goes to visit her, I feel like there was a lot of script left on the cutting room floor where maybe somehow because she was fire, right? She, she could summon the power of fire where she had a bigger part in all of this uh, mythologically than the movie ended up having her. I thought the, the way I see it is that Rasputin's whole endgame thing is get Hellboy to Russia and unleash Cthulhu and all that. Um, but he knew 
that Hellboy wasn't just going to do it. So he needed kind of that pawn that he could sacrifice to get Hellboy to make the wrong move. And that's what he ends up doing. So I think that's why he kind of brings uh, Selma back into play. That, yeah. That's how I saw it, at least. It just seems very convoluted. Just like yeah. forever. And forever you said this movie isn't. And you said this movie wasn't complicated. Come on, David. I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying, like I don't know, more see, like less Nazis, more Hellboy. You know, is okay. my platform. He, here, here's how we can solve it without taking away from from Matthew's beloved Nazi scene. Okay. Is that... Whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't know about. <laughs> oh, this is what it feels like to be Dean on my podcast now. Um, uh, I, I don't know about no beloved Nazi scene. Uh, but instead of showing like a young Selma Blair setting fire to all of her classmates, replace that scene with like maybe a few years ago Selma Blair, you know, setting fire to a bunch of people in a cafe or something, or both. Know? Yeah, just have both, right? Just a yeah. lot of Selma Blair. Well, no, More I Selma. like I like the I like the the young girl scene. That like is actually really cool. It's really well done. Just the way that she's like fucking on fire. Like, help me as she's walking with <laughs> his children. Like, somebody help me. They're like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that is great. But yeah, a scene where it just shows her losing it around Hellboy, right? So we get a picture of what happened there instead of them just being. She's like. Because, like, we don't even know what their relationship was. He's obviously in love with her, and it feels like she was in love with him at some point. But, like, we don't really know, right? They they smoochy smoochy the smoochy. Come on. Mm-hmm. Get with it. That's right. Of, I don't know what any of that fucking meant. That he's was in the fire. script. I read it before he's, we got on. Uh, he's fireproof, dude. She could go all out on him, and he would be A-OK with it. You know, Probably enjoy it, right? Um, they, called her, they called her fire crotch. So I next want to talk about how, uh, there we go. Well, it's blue fire though. So I next want uh, to talk about how Myers wants to quit because Hellboy won't let him go talk to Selma Blair. <laughs> He's like, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> and I then, like um, the dialogue ahead. between uh, them walking in the park, Selma Blair and, and Myers like walking in the park. And he's like, that's why he was mad at me. He, he thought you and I, Wait, do you? And I was just like, oh my. That's at the end. That's not in the God. park. No, in the park where. They do it again at the end. They do it again at the end. walking through the tunnels and he's like, are we a thing? Maybe? No? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't. So in when they're in the park, like, and this was like an issue I had where I was just like, I don't understand if he is actually hitting on her. Because it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. Because he knows from the get-go Maybe I'd have to watch it back, but I'm pretty confident he. we know that he knows that Hellboy loves Selma Blair, or he fucking should, because everyone else around their, <laughs> around their knows, and so he should know. And so to ask this dude who could kill you, who you're also supposed to be working with, to ask his girl out on yeah. a date, and like the whole thing didn't feel like a date, and I thought they were just setting up like a misunderstanding, and then he puts his arm around her. I was like, okay, I guess it is. But I was like, but then not really. And then later on when they're in the tunnel, he's like, oh, he thought that? Well, I don't know what 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 is happening between us. And she's just like, oh, my God. Selma Blair delivers the best line in the whole movie. He asks, are we a thing? And she goes, you really want to talk about this now? He goes, yeah. And she goes, red, white, or whatever. 
men are all the same. And I was like, amen. Fantastic line. Fantastic line. Um, I did want to say, so Myers eventually goes to Selma Blair, like after she burns down the hospital and is like, oh, you know, come on home. And she has this line where she's like 60% of women are named Liz. And I was like, that number seems high. I thought that too. And then he's I like, well, I'm true. John. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's that might be 60%, but not Liz. Elizabeth? Liz? Yeah, Liz, I mean, I don't I mean that's got to be, I don't know, two Two percent. I don't know. There's a lot of names. Yeah, you you it's look common, at the ca- but not that. You know, it's not maybe that, in the Hellboy no. universe. There's just Elizabeth on every birth certificate. Sixty percent of them, at least. Maybe that's, it's a Hellboy what, thing. Yeah, that's what you can think of it. It's like in this uh, in this multiverse of like in the universe that Hellboy lives in. Like mm-hmm. everyone's just named Liz. It's uh, just a lot of Elizabeth. The uh, the scene where all this is happening, but at the same time, Hellboy's on the roof talking to the little kid. I love that. And like, it, it. It, it's very much like when Hellboy rescues that basket of kittens in the subway, too. Right. Yep. It's he's such a gruff, tough character. But when he does this kind of like these kind of scenes, you just kind of fall in love with him more. I would have loved yeah for Myers to like sacrifice him in the end and die. And then Tom Manning's like, well, you need somebody. Did Tom Manning die? Uh, no. Yeah. He didn't. Where was he? I don't know. He didn't die. Clay, Clay died, which was sad. I thought that was really sad. Clay died way earlier. But anyway, my point is Myers should have died. And then Tom Manning's like, Oh, you need someone to take care of you. And he's like, what about that little kid on the rooftop? I'll just take that kid. He gets just me. take that kid. Yeah, it just takes him. <laughs> the mom can come uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hellboy. This one, and I'm sure we'll talk about his death later. But this one is kind of about losing a father and growing up because of it. Because Hellboy's out uh, being jealous when he could have been back at BRPD to save his dad. And that kind of forces him to grow up. And then Hellboy 2, minor spoilers, revealed very on in the movie that uh, Fire Lady is pregnant. And so that movie is kind of about the fear of becoming a father. And then Hellboy 3 didn't happen. But uh, it, it would have been about, I've heard, being a father. So I really like that like thematicism of this trilogy maybe you could put the shape of water in there maybe maybe you can as a prequel somewhere but like losing a father becoming a father being a father i think that would have been incredible i love that because now i'm imagining where a world where hellboy 3 was made and at the end of the movie he's like i'm not hellboy anymore (laughs) i'm hellman you're hellboy (laughs) And talks to his son. <laughs> if he said hell dad. I'm hell daddy now. <laughs> hell daddy. Um, you know, uh, we I, I don't like that universe actually. Now I'm glad that movie was canceled. So. <laughs> Thanks. Who's your hell daddy? I um, <laughs> your hell daddy? We've only mentioned Clay once. But I do like the continued like. Does his hair look fake? <laughs> like throughout the movie. And then uh, and then he dies. Very sad. Rest in peace. Yep. Biggest R.I.P. 
Ro- uh, robot guy kills him. He kills him and then like turns himself off. Although, you know what? We actually don't know if Clay did not die. Oh, shit. You're right. You're we never- right. <laughs> Tom's like, yeah, two agents died and Clay will probably not survive the night. But we never get confirmation that he we died. We never get confirmation. Clay. That's true. Because it wasn't either it wasn't important enough, or the guy's like, just don't tell him I died. Maybe I'll come back for two. Who knows? And maybe they um, forgot. He he did get stabbed like fifty something times. So there's that. It seems like he might have lived, though. Who knows? Mm. <laughs> he might be all right. You don't maybe, know. maybe, you maybe don't. his hair hair implants saved him. Um. So yeah, then we have that gross scene of the autopsy that we were talking about earlier comes comes awake and then kills the dad. And then I guess, you know, if you read the comics or you know anything about Hellboy, every iteration his father has to die. That's just yeah. it's that's Uncle just Ben. That. It's Uncle Ben. Um so then Hellboy, you know, becomes Spider-Man and um mm-hmm. then then uh, we kind of have like gathering of the troops, and we wanna we wanna finally um, kill the bad guy. They take Selma Blair. You have this like underground tunnel maze, and now you have like the really good Tom Manning, like pairing up with Hellboy mm-hmm. and Selma Blair pairing up with John, and you got that. You know what? One thing I yeah. did want to say first, like it is a like a you know the way they get them to Russia doesn't really matter, but one thing I thought was odd is that Rasputin's like having this very kind of like jovial talk with Broom before he's going to kill him. And then he's like, don't worry, this won't hurt at all. And then he kills him very, like he has the robot just kill him very quickly, right? And it's like, why is he mm-hmm. being so, why is Rasputin being so nice? Like, is he, he's not the bad guy? Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, maybe Rasputin doesn't know that Broom is the one to like mess up his plans way back in 1940s. No, he does. Cause he's like, if you had killed him 69 years ago, none of this would have happened. So he knows. Oh, yeah. Then, then I don't know why he's so nice. I mean, would you be that nice to a guy who condemned you for like 60 years? Was 69 the right? When did this start? Was it, it was like what? 41 or what was I it? I think they say it's like the Nazis final push. So it's gotta be like end of world war two, 45, 44. Yeah, I was going to guess 44. Uh, oh, it says Scotland 1944 is when the movie opens up. And then I, I, wrote down hey. that he, I wrote down that he says like 69 years, if you would let him die 69 years ago. But that math doesn't work out if this movie took place in 2004. So I must have written it down. Well, there. the movie came out in 2004, but maybe this does, this didn't take place in 2004. Maybe this took place in the distant future, the year 2000. 2014, uh, who knows? 44 plus six. Yeah, 2013. 2013. It doesn't make sense that that's they would have been 20... like the year 20, the, the 2014. Uh, but either <laughs> yeah, way, that's, that's a random. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're in Russia. Let's see. I, I already said I, I really like when he brings the skeleton back alive. The skeleton's got like mm-hmm. a bunch of comic relief lines until he gets re killed by the fucking swinging thing. Like a pendulum. Yeah, I was waiting for that guy to come back, but he just doesn't. And I, I don't know why. I thought he, I thought they'd just find him on the ground somewhere, <laughs> and he'd be like, "Ah, oh, screw you, Hellboy, for doing that." But he, he's just gone. He dies. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Uh, if I could go back to the the funeral scene of the dad, I love that. Like 
the scene of Hellboy just watching the whole thing from above and the yeah. rain coming down on him. I thought that was gorgeously shot and it really like emphasized the makeup because I just watched it and I was like, man, you should be just like Ron Perlman with red coming off your face right now, but it, it looks fantastic. It does. I don't think I don't think there was there's more like of a graphic novel shot than that funeral shot mm-hmm. of of just very comic book. It was very good. Um I love that. The you know, it had me thinking, you know, we were saying that Manning has such a switch of a character um all of a sudden, right? And in the beginning, he got onto Hellboy because he caught because he felt like the co- the lives of those soldiers were on Hellboy's head, right? Nope. But then with the pendulum, where he refused or he wanted to go back, and he kind of like told the soldier to stay there, and then the pendulum killed the soldier. Uh, maybe in that moment he thought, "Oh shit, that life is on my head." All right, Hellboy, we're mm-hmm. we're cool now if you don't mention this to anyone. <laughs> Yep, your turn. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> things, things. Their their relationship got solved very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. and, and from here on, this is kind of like I'll bring it up now. The point I was going to make earlier about the ending is it feels like Hellboy is never in danger of losing to these people. Like he kills the robot guy very easily. Myers takes out Ilsa. She's like supposed to be immortal now. Um, he stabs Rasputin with his horn, which unleashes a god, and then he kills the god by like getting swallowed with bombs and exploding. Like he never so, feels like he's in danger of losing. You're you're not really supposed to fear Hellboy losing, and I think in the comic books that's apparent too. You're supposed to fear that Hellboy turns bad and kills the whole world, right? Matt, I, I think that's kind yeah. of like yeah. the, the thing is that, yeah, Hellboy's OP, but he's supposed to be overpowered. It's the fact that if he you're supposed to fear that he turns evil, if he stays good, that's the thing you're rooting for. Not that he lives. Mm-hmm. It's kind of his Hellboy comics and the movie does it well, too. It's kind of um, denying fate, denying destiny and choosing your own path. That kind of story. And the movie does it well where you're right. I don't think you are supposed to be like, oh, no, Rasputin's going to beat up Hellboy. It's, oh, no, Hellboy is going to join up with him and unleash hell on Earth. But um, he doesn't. So that's good. We love him for it. It also seems like if he had just said, yeah, I'll do it, then the chains get taken off and then he can just (laughs) kill Rasputin and grab (laughs) something. I thought that too. But he says no, and so then Rasputin kills her, and then he's like, all right, well, now I have to do it. (laughs) Oh, I I like the occult stuff in this movie. I like, like, uber-religious equals mysticism. The one thing I could not get behind was this lock has your name inscribed into it, so you cannot break it. That's all it took? Like, (laughs) like if I wrote your name on a pair of handcuffs or... That's it. Uh-huh. Okay. It's actually worse than that. The only way to break it is he had to say his own name and then it would come he had off. To say his, yeah. Yeah. It's like uh it's like your phone's thumb password. But then I, I guess that that's that makes his horns grow out and turns him into like it feels like it almost brings his true self out to where he can't like mm-hmm. make the choice to not 
open the gates of hell. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But and, I, and I like the line know, by John Hurt when uh, he, uh, Rasputin says, like, do you want to know your son's name? And he's like, I, I know his name. It, it's my son. I like that. So what I wanted to say earlier is that you have like God mode Hellboy, you have his horns growing out, and then you have his fire crown, which is just badass. Like so cool. But it it's like it's like the pinnacle of evil, right? It's like this is the version of Hellboy that you don't want released onto the planet. But honestly, it's the version I constantly want to see on screen. <laughs> I want to see yeah. big horns and the fucking uh, fire uh, crown, and I want his. I want him to wield a sword that is way too big for him to wield. Like I like that Hellboy. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm very sad in every iteration of the movie, and he tears off his his horns. You know. Yep. You yep. really want to see those foul I, I mean, you should love them. the new one then, because you get a bit more of it, you know? <sighs> yeah, but the writing is so bad. But what's, at what cost? At what so, cost do we get more? <laughs> so bad. You know the Cheeto werewolf guy in the new one where he's like, yeah. he's like, I hate monsters because when I was in Burma um with bruce wayne's father i you know was was killed or my whole troop was killed by a monster and then the girl the alice is like so why do you hate monsters again and as i'm like oh my god like this movie sucks <laughs> it's bad it's bad so we skipped over uh selma blair killing all of the uh samuels with her firepower right she's like tells myers to slap her yeah and then she's like you need to fucking run like so i it, it would have been cool if she like started to be able to control it maybe that happens in two i don't know um and then is selma blair even into she is. Haven't seen yep oh, okay um and then he kills the god at the end and i do love the the very end where where they kiss and i like his lines of like she you know he basically just sort of wakes her up and she's like what did you do he's like i told the people that have you that if they didn't let you go i was coming in there and they don't want that and the, you know the kiss in the end that's so I, badass i love I that line that, i a thought lot, there was gonna yeah. be more after that but then it just ended and i was like that's a very good job that's a great place to end it <laughs> Yeah, Gabriel Gabriel del Toro is a is a talented filmmaker. Uh the the thing about hot take hot take hot take hot take Ooh, hot, <laughs> hot take crazy, hot take. Um, the thing about that is that at moments where this film is all out Sin City and it's Ron Perlman in Sin City just with the Hellboy makeup on is probably the best. Like the film at its best when it is noir Sin City. Um. But my favorite line from Hellboy a little bit before this is where he goes, how big could it be? And, and then the tentacle <laughs> comes out, wraps around him and takes him back. It's like, ah, yep. awesome. Love it. Yeah. I like that they add that little boss fight at the end. It feels very much like um, we had little budget left. Let's make this little boss fight thing happen here. Where it makes no sense. So Rasputin was always Cthulhu, or like he had to die to become Cthulhu, or he had like a the portals god closed. in him. Yeah, he had a god I, in I, him. I don't know. It's so freaky when you see like his forehead ripple and stuff. That always creeped me out. And his hand, I just that body horror type stuff. But yeah, I, I don't well, know. That's, you had that's another thing. 
that's another thing with this movie. It's like Guillermo del Toro is great at like monster movies, right? So this is like mm-hmm. the perfect background for him. But then he mixes this noir detective element into it. And then he mixes like um, Lovecraftian elements into it. It's really like it's 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 a bunch of genres that you normally wouldn't think that goes well together. But this does a very good job of mixing all this together Mm -hmm. yeah the end it goes straight up like cosmic horror for a moment with like the the eclipse and you see the tentacles all coming down like wow this is lovecraftian stuff yeah Uh, and this was guillermo del toro's like maybe i think in this point in time you're still getting his footage with like or not his footage his footing with um big budget studio type movies and I think that this one and Hellboy 2 is a lot of experimentation with it. And I think that's why I like Hellboy 2 more. Because he he's, it feels more comfortable making it. Well, still, and I think it was given a higher budget and stuff too. So he's able to do more crazy things while still uh, uh, maintaining the feel of this is just a master of monster movie type guy doing this. Well, what's crazy, too, is that Pan's Labyrinth came out two years after this. And I think that's what just, Mm -hmm. like, really put him on the map. Everyone's like, you know, Pan's Labyrinth, we all know it. And then I think then they go back and they're like, oh, shit, that same guy did Hellboy? I didn't know that. Like, you know, it's like that catch up where, like, a a director does something, like, really infamous. And then all of a sudden his earlier works become more and more noticed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Pan, Pan's Labyrinth is the first time I had heard of him. And then you find out that he had done Blade 2, which he did yep. with Ron Perlman, and he wanted yep. Ron Perlman for this. And so, um, yeah, it does Great like sort of, thing. Yeah, you sort of like go back and like, oh, shit, the guy that did Pan's Labyrinth did this. And you know what I mean? Uh, um, I heard uh, Quentin Tarantino was talking about the movie Dunkirk. And he's like, there's a lot of stuff in that. If it had been done by like a less known filmmaker, it probably wouldn't work for me. But because I trust Christopher Nolan, it works for me because I know it's being done for a purpose. Mm-hmm. It's not just being done. Right. And so that's kind right. of similar here. Like, you know what Guillermo del Toro is capable of. So when you go back and something doesn't make sense to you, you're like, well, I'm just probably not thinking of it right. Like he probably had a purpose behind this <laughs> until he's like, no, nah, not really. <laughs> He's too smart. I'm I'm the dumb one. Yeah, it's it's me. It's, I just read something which is really funny because this whole time, so um, Abe is played by Doug Jones, who also plays the fish monster in yep. uh, Shape of Water, but it's voiced yep. by David Hyde Pierce, who is most famously Frasier's brother on the show Frasier. And I was like, the whole mm. time, I was like, that's fucking David Hyde Pierce's voice. I was like, why does it not have a like? On IMDb, why does it just say Doug Jones? I was like, I know that's whose voice that is. And it's like <laughs> David Hyde Pierce didn't want to take credit for it because he didn't want to take away from like the acting. But I was like, just threw me off so much the whole time I was watching this movie. And now it's explained. Interesting. interesting. I didn't know that. That is cool. That's cool. You want to hear even more crazy casting, which will make you want to watch Hellboy 2? I think I'm going to watch it tonight, honestly. Go for it. Seth MacFarlane. Seth MacFarlane plays like another sidekick friend. Yeah, it, it's fantastic. That's actually really funny. 
Uh, I just read that the studio, so he had to, Guillermo del Toro had to convince them to put Ron Perlman as Hellboy, and the studio wanted Vin Diesel, which <laughs> I honestly, I would have watched probably, <laughs> but like not <laughs> not for good reasons. At no, the end, no, at I'm... the end, he's just like, dad, no, dad. And Myers <laughs> is like, what's, like, come on, Hellboy, we gotta, we gotta move on. He goes, but family. You were just like family. literally that whole that whole time. I was like, "You're just gonna make a fucking family joke." Family joke, of course I am. <laughs> of course I am. Which it would have really the brought the whole like hell daddy thing full circle, you know. You know what? That actually is not a bad casting. Is Vin Diesel as Hellboy and John Myers as Paul Walker? I would watch that. That's good. Yeah. Well, I um, yeah, I enjoyed talking about it probably as much as I enjoyed watching it. I did like it you know as much as i thought that i had problems with it but overall like it is an enjoyable movie there are like parts of it that really do work and it's like i do now want to watch golden army i guess since matthew that's the one you were thinking of anyway maybe that one's like a ton better too so like i, I probably will enjoy it i think it's a bit more fun i think it is um to compare it to spider-man of the same kind of year i consider I think the Raimi trilogy and this have a lot of parallels where this is pretty basic standard ground. And then the sequel is what really just like pumped it up to me. Let me, so, let me ask yeah, you something. I, I highly recommend the second one. Let me ask you something, Matthew. When is the last yeah, time besides this time that you last watched Hellboy? Uh, the original. Well, the, yeah, the, like before, um, before this viewing to to talk about it on the podcast, when's the last time you watched it? Oh man, probably uh, no sooner than like eight years, maybe ten. Okay, perfect. All right, so it's been a while. So my question is: is that after all these years, does it hold up watching it now? I I think so. I there are moments like that fight scene in the train with Samuel where I'm like watching that CG model switch to a guy in a suit and it's just kind of like a mummy guy <laughs> swinging his arms around and whacking at Hellboy. Yeah, uh, there are moments like yeah. that, but I think overall, I think the story holds up and, and the makeup is really impressive still. And it is a bygone era of uh, directors and filmmaking of. Just practicality that I miss in a lot of big budget superhero movies today. So yeah, I, I'd say it holds up. I agree. I agree. Well, Matthew, thanks for coming on and talking about Hellboy with us. Can you give uh, the listeners how they can find you, how they can re reach you, and how they can um, uh, listen to Justice League Mortal? Yeah, uh, you can find my movie podcast, Dial Up Movie Club, uh, each month, me and two buddies. We have a theme. We recommend movies together. We just did a sci-fi month. So if you like movies like Alien, Spaceballs, Demolition Man, you're going to love that. Uh, Justice League Mortal, uh, my four-part audio drama based off the canceled George Miller film, is also over there. You can find me on Twitter at Hopper2400. And uh, at Club Dial for Dial Up Movie Club on Twitter. And, and, and just look me up anywhere else if you want to find me. Matthew Dawson. You'll find me somehow. And I think what we didn't mention is you play Aquaman. 
in, I do. in just I do play Marvel. Aquaman. Yes. So thank you for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Milan. And I'm David. And today I finally watched Hellboy. Thank you.